You're listening to the Nth Cast. This is episode 62. I'm JD. And I'm Jason. Yeah. What's up, dude? Oh, you know, just finding my way back into the Murder Palace to record another episode of this fine podcast. And we are so happy that you're here. We've talked recently about maybe switching up the hosting duties every now and oh, then. Yeah? So we figured we'd uh, we'd see how it goes. About time. I know, right? The one who's really getting the shaft, I think, is Stephen the Brit. Because that <laughs> we dude, just leave him in that closet with <laughs> all of his Dragon Ball Z. All he ever wants to talk playing. about is Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah. You know, we try to talk about uh, Fear the Walking. I mean, The Walking Dead, and he's like, "Uh, so you hear about Frieza? You hear about right, Goku? Right. We love you, Stephen. You're not going to listen to this anyway. No, so. it's cool. We'll throw some food <laughs> under the door. So it's cool. Well, how you been? I've been good, man. Just uh, hanging out. You know, anything, doing real life stuff, which blows. Which big, blows. But. Any anything you want to share? Any up t- interesting <laughs> updates? Or I'm I'm kind of putting I you on the know. spot. I mean, not really. Uh, That's cool. I mean, life is life. I mean, oh, I'm getting pretty damn close to uh, to superstar in Rocket League. Are you? Getting pretty close. I'm waiting for you to uh, Twitch some more stuff because I like yeah, watching. I feel yeah, like I I'm the only to. one that watches our Twitch, though. Once uh, <laughs> I get through my busy season, I'll get back onto it. Yeah, <laughs> that one episode it was just like, <laughs> here I am, here I am, and there's JD <laughs> just watching <laughs> while JD's at work <laughs> talking shit. Well, I miss <laughs> talk shit. No, no, you weren't. I was very nice. every once in a while. <laughs> nah. Every uh, you got to do. I mean, you got to. Yeah, it, so it's just encouragement. It makes me play better. Yeah, it is. I figure me watching is going to make you yeah. step up your game. Yeah. yeah. Have you played Division? A little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. It's good. It's good. Is it good? I've been playing yeah. a lot of Fallout 4 for some reason. Oh, Because yeah. I, I just kind of gave it a cursory glance when it came out. I think they just had an expansion. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I think that. Or like a DLC or whatever mm-hmm. you call them. Yeah. So I, the atomic one. Mm-hmm. And then you can change the voice of your companion to someone that I like. So I feel like such a bitch whenever I play that game. I always get creeped out. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just like any game where I feel like I'm completely alone. That's why I like multiplayer games <laughs> oh. more. I can have some people there supporting me. Oh, no. See, I, I, I put on my Turtle Beach headphones, turn off all the lights, and just sit there and play mm. in the dark with it real loud in my oh, headphones. God. That way my kids so don't scary. my kids don't hear the screams. <laughs> Anytime I have my headphones like really high, like my desk is against a wall in my room and so I can't see behind me and I'm just like, ah shit, what was that? <laughs> Son of a <laughs> Yeah, you think you catch something the out of the corner of your eye. Was that the game or is it outside? Yeah. Yeah. See, and I live in the murder palace, so I know I'm heightened awareness Some all shit the time. Shit goes down here. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. I'm I'm at uh Prospect Elite, so go me. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> go me. It, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean we just we just need to get some more Rocket League sessions in. That's probably you know? true. I, I just need to work on my flying. Perfect. Yeah, work on my flying is my goal. Yeah. So you people listening are probably like, what the fuck are they gonna talk what about? And I'm sorry episode. that it took three minutes to get into it. Um, I'm not. But not really. <laughs> not really. This We hadn't seen each other in a while. We were just catching up. I'm the wild card. <laughs> yes. When I'm here, things shouldn't make as much sense. <laughs> True. Yeah. You should already be thrown off that I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So we've had a few people ask us to talk about Daredevil Season 2. So we are going to talk about Daredevil Season 2, and then I think we're going to yeah. talk about some of the other Netflix original series that we watched, binge-watched, and really kind of caught our fancy. And so, just some net Netflix programming, but mostly we're going to focus on Daredevil season two. Yeah, yeah. I would. 
I guess you could label this podcast or title it Netflix and Chill. There you go. <laughs> Are we going to chill later? Uh, Just don't give me that look. Well. <laughs> don't give me that look. I don't want to see the Netflix and Chill look. I never make it. I have seen the size of your bed, and it does look comfortable. <laughs> it's comfortable. But I uh, declined the invitation. Well, and you notice that the sheets are all white for Uh-oh. a reason. Uh-oh. As is the blanket and the pillowcases. Oh, no. <laughs> There's a theme here. And the wall paint. Actually, this whole room is pretty. Yeah. It's like an off-white. This table is a white. cream, if you will. <laughs> yeah. The mics are all white. I mean, oh god, I'm super uncomfortable now. <laughs> you should be. That was my yeah, goal. That yeah. was my intention. No, that's perfect. So, did you watch Daredevil season one? Oh yeah. How, what did you think of season one? Before we get into season two, let's do a quick recap of season one. What did you think? Yeah, I thought. I thought overall the season. So here, here's my thing with Daredevil. Yes. It, for me, I felt like it just kind of came out of nowhere. I'm sure a lot of people were talking about it being on Netflix. and But whenever it came on, I, I was just like, man, I haven't even heard anything about this. I was like, Daredevil? Huh. And so I checked it out, and I was like, oh, shit. They got some pretty like badass fight scenes yeah. in this show. There's that, that one in episode two or three I never can remember, but it's a, a single through shot the apartment. fight scene. Through the, or, where they're cap- it was an apartment. It was just it was like. a basement where they had the Rush, the Russians have that kid. And they were going through the hallway, and he yeah. like knocked over the door, and they're like walking over right. the door and, and fighting. And the camera just stayed in the hallway, and then there would be the noise in the room, and then someone would fly out, and then Daredevil would like kind of walk out. Yeah, he and, was like, <sighs> you could see him physically getting tired from beating the shit out of people. Right, and he's just leaning against the wall until they come at him. I remember when Josh and I watched that, We, I think we watched it together, we were like, oh my God, that has got to be the best fight scene that we've seen in years. Yeah. And, and I would say they pulled that off again in season two. Yeah. So far where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll get into that we'll in a sec. But. So what else about season one? Did, what did you think of the the villain? Oh, uh, Wilson Fisk. I thought (laughs) he has the weirdest voice. He does. It's really kind of a weird, like, lisp. It's like he's trying to control and sound educated. Yeah. There's just this rage monster underneath that wants to come out (laughs) all the time. I think it's funny you use the word educated because anytime I heard him talk or react, or especially whenever he got angry, it was like... Like he was challenged. Yes. <laughs> like he just developed. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to find the most PC way to say that. But sure, I mean, sure, sure. Oh, wow. It was, he just had this strange strength come out of him. Well, and then in season one, when that, the Ukrainian guy and he chops his head off with the car door. Oh. Yeah, he just bashes it until it falls off. And he's like, you embarrassed me in front yeah, of her. Really wham, good. wham. I was like, oh, God, that's not okay. That's. <laughs> That's something I really like about the show. Is it's like it shows the villains being like ruthless. Like yes, it's not just bullet holes or whatever. It's like no, really ruthless shit goes down. Mm-hmm. And then his fight with Nobu, where he gets gutted. You know, yep. that, I don't even know what that weapon's called. Sorry that I didn't do the research, but we, like wrapped around him and then <gasps> yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, how is he not dead? How, yeah, gut him like a fish. I think. Uh, What's his name? Charlie Cox. Yes. Who plays Murdoch, Murdoch Daredevil. Do, do you know him from anything else? I don't. Okay. I know he's been in other things, but I don't think I've seen anything else that he's been yeah, in. Yeah, no, I had never heard of him before. I think he's doing really – I think 
for me, like his character goes up a huge notch as soon as he's in the suit. Yes. And like whenever he is Daredevil, mm-hmm. I think he plays that character really well. I think sometimes whenever he's the lawyer and he's just Matt Murdock, it feels a little like that mixed with, oh, what's his name from Mighty Ducks? Oh, Foggy? Uh, yeah. Elden Henson. It's yeah. just like. Fulton Reed, yo. <laughs> yeah, Fulton Reed. They're the Bash Brothers. <laughs> Coach Bombay, we need your help right now. Right. Uh, I know. I, I don't know how to skate. Is yeah, that yeah. all that's stopping you? <laughs> Sorry. I think, uh, yeah, I just think sometimes like his his regular character, his his lawyer, and them interacting together gets a little cheesy at times. Sure. And I don't think I'm alone whenever I say that. And But that's really one of my, well, what do you think about uh chick who plays Karen Page? I'm not a big fan of hers. I, I thought she was okay in True Blood. Deborah. Oh, uh, I didn't see her in there. Deborah Ann Wolf, right? Is that her I name? I guess so. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Deborah yeah. Ann Wolf. Yeah. Mole. Is it Mole? It's with a W. Wolf. Wall. 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 Was that um, whiskey? It is whiskey, yeah. I burnt the shit out of my throat just then. <laughs> um, I, I wasn't Swallowed a big, too fast. You I, I haven't been issue? a Yeah. Big time where you take we well you've got like four shots in there so you're you're sipping yeah, I did it. a number yeah you're thinking that it's water and it's not it's it's not iced it's tea it's not water it starts out cold just like water and then it starts to burn <laughs> I, I'm not a big fan of her in the show um, I I mean I don't think she's terrible and I think she does a good job at her character but I feel like sometimes her facial expressions are off and not her, I don't know I I don't want to shit on her or anything because she does an okay job and she does better than a lot of people I think would, right but of all the characters on the show, she's the one that kind of, and maybe it's, I have a sour taste because of season two. She's the one where I'm kind of like, Ugh, I don't yeah. know. I'm not feeling yeah. it. I think, yeah, I'm with you on that with, with all of those, like those little nitpicky things that I'm having with their acting. At the same time, I can't pinpoint what it is that I don't like. Right. It's like I see it happening, and I'm like, "Ugh, that was just like a little cringy." Or like, yeah. especially in season one with Foggy, like some of the lines were just like, "What the fuck?" Like that was out of Mighty Ducks. <laughs> you just quoted a line from Mighty Ducks and put it in this show, and it just felt like it came out of nowhere. It was very like childish, playfully type thing. But I do think his lines in season two have been a lot better. I mean, and I wanted to talk about season one because I feel like season one was excellent. It caught me off guard with how good it was and how much I enjoyed it. And season two, I'm going to go ahead and throw this. Whatever. I'm just going to do the spoil it from the beginning. I felt like the Punisher was the main character or should have been the main character. And I didn't give a shit about the other characters. Yeah. About Daredevil, Electra, Foggy, or Karen. I was just kind of like, why are they in the show? I would rather just see the Punisher the <laughs> whole time. Havoc. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that may not be fair to them. And uh, I've watched the whole season and I've seen every episode. And the storyline for the Punisher and his character, I felt much more, was much more compelling than those of Daredevil and Nelson and Murdoch, the law firm. And the only time I felt them be compelling at all was when they were interacting with the Punisher. Do you feel like. It's because they put in like a seasoned actor with, I mean, I don't want to say that, uh, you know, Eldon Henson isn't a seasoned actor. I mean, he's obviously been around for a long time, but 
Like, he's clearly outacted. Yeah. By well, uh, a lot of people don't like John Bernthal, and I think Bernthal, yeah. we may be a little biased because of our Walking Dead fandom. Yeah, because him is Shane, dude. But I think he was born to play the Punisher. Like yeah. the way he portrays like that ruthlessness and like just seeking justice. Well, and even the little movements that he does. There's a couple scenes where he gets itchy and you see his trigger finger kind of yeah, like yeah. start to twitch yep. and, and he's kind of licking his lips and just kind of chomping at the bit and you're like, "Oh, this dude is borderline <laughs> crazy, is, borderline hairline." Yeah. Yeah. So, but so did you what do you think? You you haven't seen all of season 2 so far. Yeah, um, I, am I off base? Where or, am I at do you think in the episodes? I five think or I'm six, on 5 yeah. or 6. Yeah, Electra yeah. just showed up. Yeah. Ooh, spoiler. Huh. Uh but yeah, no I I really enjoyed it. It's one of those shows I kind of have to watch on my own cuz Robin's not so into that. <laughs> Your spouse too is much a big action. Fan. Yeah, 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 my wife. Uh so She's like, whatever, watch that whenever I fall asleep. So I get it in where I can, but no, I think I think that man, it's weird because I go back to whenever I first saw, you know, my favorite show, The Walking Dead, and whenever it started in season one, I wasn't like blown away by anything, but I was like, dude, there's so much potential here for awesome things. And that's how it started with season one with Daredevil. I was like, dude, there's if they keep doing these fight scenes like this and it's just as brutal, there is like endless potential for this show. I agree. Like they could do anything. Right. And then they're doing so much with Hell's Kitchen. Like they've got Jessica Jones. They've got Luke Cage. They've got know, Iron Fist up. coming. Um, the Punisher, though, was the one I was most excited about because yeah. I'm a big fan of his character and I've always have been. And I was waiting for them to portray them on screen correctly because right. no offense to Dolph Lundgren and yeah. Ray oh, Parker. Right. Uh, but um, someone will correct me because I'm pretty sure that's wrong. Um, because the internet does correct you when you're wrong. Have yeah. you noticed this? No, they do. <laughs> We love I say you. a lot of wrong shit sometimes. We love so, you, Internet. And it comes back to bite me. I, I was really Here's exci- the thing. Nobody ever tells me I'm wrong. They go in, they they just tweet it to the Nthcast channel, and they tell the Nthcast that well, it's wrong. Well, that's why we have an Then Inth- it comes back to that's me. That's why we have an Nthcast Twitter, so that people can correct you without calling you out personally. I wish they would. Well, I wish they'd what's call your Twitter? me out personally. What's your Twitter? At VRT Jason. There you go. It's so simple. And I'm at Cast Metal, so go ahead and we'll send get that me. out of the way at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, why not? In the middle. We'll not talk about so I was really there. excited when John Bernthal was cast because I've always been a fan of him. People make fun of me for yeah. that. Because why? A lot of people don't like him. A lot of people don't think he's a good actor, don't think he's, and I disagree. With saying why, I can understand a little bit because I do feel like he plays a similar character in a lot of what he does. There's like, nothing wrong with being typecast. You need the crazy murderers. Yeah, and that's that's really the only thing I could say. Have you ever seen Fury? Oh, yeah. He's so good in that movie. Oh, yeah. I think they're all good in that movie. Shia LaBeouf, I'm not a huge fan. I love Shia LaBeouf. Really? From the very beginning. Since he's, you, even, even Stevens. Stevens. Well, you're a little younger than me, shit. so even Stevens wasn't a show uh, that I watched regularly. I like Shia LaBeouf is one of those people, you know whenever like, actors and actresses just like go crazy? Yeah. They start doing weird shit. Yeah. There's some people that you're like, I'm okay with it. And Shia's still- one of them? Shia LaBeouf and Will Smith. Will Smith has made a lot of really crappy movies lately. Right. 
But I still love that man. Well, he's still living off of his Independence Day. Oh man, <laughs> success and Men in Black away. success. Okay, but back to Daredevil. What what has struck you about season two? Because I really want to talk about season two, and maybe we can talk about things that they could do better, things that we enjoyed, what we've liked, what we wish we would have seen. I mean, just anything yeah. about season two in particular that struck you, be it good or bad. Right. Something that I think slows my, I don't know, it, it kills some of my like giddiness or anticipation about like the next episode whenever there's a whole episode that is dealing with mostly law oh, type yeah. situations. Like the courtroom scenes yeah, and shit like that, yeah. Where I get it that that's like his, his you know, his alter, li- well, his main life, but... I just feel like that takes up so much time in the time we get to see those awesome action sequences and and him just go ham on people. I feel like those are I could use with a little more. Now I understand that there's like certain things that have to develop with the plot and and they have to set up certain situations so the Daredevil can arrive and you know, whatever, take care of the situation. But I do feel like for instance, uh, what's her name? The chick, uh, Karen, Karen Page. Yeah, Karen. I just feel like there, there was like one episode where it was literally it was Daredevil and Punisher on top of a roof, like having all of this awesome dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was like it would go to Foggy, and he was he was in a hospital, and he actually had a really awesome line of dialogue in the hospital. Were those coming down those gangsters? Yeah, that was awesome. So good. Like he was very like snappy and yeah just really witty which i really like that but then it would switch to her and i'm like who cares right. like i don't care what you're doing right now there's all these awesome things happening and you're ruining it <laughs> you're making this awkward and then the thing that i don't understand and the biggest question i have for the season overall is not overall there's a couple of questions i have for the season but karen and matt's relationship goes to the next level they, yeah. they start dating, and they go on a, a first date, and then a second date, and they're kissing at the office, and then right. talking about how they're going to spend the next day is going to be perfect, and the day after that's going to be perfect, and then days forever and ever. Cool, great, grand, awesome. I'm happy for you guys. But then Electra shows up, and it's like he doesn't give a shit about Karen anymore. <laughs> He's like, whoa, this was my college girlfriend, the one that got away. Well, and come to find out there's a good reason that you let her go, Matt. Yeah. You know, so what what happened with this relationship with Karen? How could you so easily forget your alter ego where you're a lawyer and you've talked your friends into doing these things for right. for you and taking this big ass case and then you basically bail on them and leave them high and dry and yeah. they do it without you. Yeah, uh something I really so I haven't really got to witness much of like the Electra thing. I've only just been introduced to her, yeah. but I really, for superhero type shows like this, my biggest fear is that they will, they will catch the, the Smallville syndrome. Yeah. And it become like this one tree heel bullshit <laughs> where everyone's trying to find out who's dating each right. other, who's boning. Right. And it just goes 
constantly back and forth, and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm a superhero. I beat the shit out of people sometimes, but mostly we're going to focus on relationships. I don't care about that. Right. Well, and it, there was a, this is a bad example, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Grey's Anatomy, I've watched since the beginning. I stopped watching it like the last four seasons because I stopped caring. But I felt Sorry like. Sorry you had to go through that. I am to you, you know. At the beginning, I felt like it was about the medicine and about the people learning and shit like that. Wow. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but whatever. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Woo. And then, but it, eventually it just became all about the relationships and you never gave a shit about the patient unless one of the doctors wanted right. to bang them. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, wait, what is this? I th- this was a medical show. Right. I didn't know it was coming in an evening soap opera that was set in a hospital. And I could be way off and I may be misremembering season one and two of Grey's Anatomy. That was the word. Soap opera. Oh, that's, yeah. That's what describes some of their acting to me. Hulk. Like, that's such that's an insult. Such a shitty thing to say. But honestly. It's like, like you're watching when The Karen Young and the Page Restless. on, like, her eyebrows are overexpressionate, and she's like, well, well what just happened? Well, and she she's the queen of the biting her lip and looking, like, seductively oh, at the blind lawyer. Like, oh, God, I just want to fuck him right There's now. There's no way you're looking that is going to change the way he feels about you. You can't see your damn face. <laughs> it's just colors and shit. World on fire. Yeah. He just sees the world on fire. And you're not burning, so he can't see yeah, you biting her lip. Not. <laughs> he can't see you biting your lip and, right. and going, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she must have a birth defect. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what he's thinking. Right. Why does she talk like that? <laughs> okay. Second question about season two that I had is the villain. What do you feel oh, yeah. about the villain? I feel like that the villain was really lacking. Who's the villain? Well, cause at first they're trying to make it feel like he is the antagonist is the punisher. Right. Because they fundamentally disagree on how to deal with actual bad guys. The focus isn't on the bad guys. Okay, okay. Before we get into the second half of the season, which you haven't seen yet, and I'll go ahead and tell you about it later. What do you feel about the difference between Punisher and Daredevil? Because I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding Daredevil's rationality because... He says, I'm going to take the law into my own hands up to a point. Whereas the Punisher says, I'm going to take the law into my hands all the way to completion. I like to finish, unlike you, who just, (laughs) you know, just a tease. What do you think about that? And I I don't know if that's the deep question that they're trying to ask. What do I think about Daredevil blue balling all the time? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's like, uh, the, the, the cops can't handle this. They need my help. And then I'll call the cops when I'm taking care of the bad things for them versus the Punisher saying, you know what, I'm just going to kill all these fuckers because they don't deserve to live. I'm going to be judge, jury, executioner. Right. I think he's like, I think that conversation that they had on the rooftop was really good because uh, the Punisher brought up a lot of really good points that, you know, when Daredevil deals with somebody in, in his form of justice, he, you know, he beats the shit out of them. They go to jail and then they're out, what, a year later, a couple months later Sometimes, with our yeah. justice system. And then they're back at it again, doing what they were doing before, killing, raping, you know, just being criminals, drugs, yeah. doing stuff like that. And yeah. so the Punisher's rationale is like, let me, let me finish that before, before it happens again. Like it happened once. That's enough. 
But the Daredevil, oh, sorry, the Daredevil, Daredevil, he thinks that even even after it's happened, that there's still some good in them. That later on, there's always a chance of good happening. Yeah, he believes that everybody deserves a, a bunch of chances, and they can be redeemed, they can be saved, they can be changed. Yeah. And the Punisher fundamentally disagrees. He's like, you, you're not going to change who you are. Right. What do you, what do you think? Which is so interesting to me because I feel like that is also why the Punisher that we've seen multiple times, at least I have in a couple of episodes, I've seen that he is more than willing to let someone kill him. Oh, like, sure he is. He's like, go ahead, do it, finish it. Because I think in his rationale, he knows he's not a good person. He knows he's not a hero and he's not trying to be a hero like Daredevil. That's the difference. He's seeking justice and retribution where Daredevil is seeking to make a city better. He's trying to make, you know, Hell's Kitchen a better place to live mm-hmm. for the people there because it wasn't so great for him. And so he's trying to improve something where the Punisher, he sees it as improvement does not feel like the hero. Right. And I think that's an interesting point that I hadn't really thought about. He is not afraid to die. And I think that's one of the reasons he's so successful in killing people because they are still, everybody's afraid to die. And I think he's reached the point. He has nothing left to lose. He's lost his, he saw his family and his, his kids and his wife brutally murdered in front of him. I mean, that's, that's the whole story of the Punisher. He's just, he has nothing. Right. And he wants retribution for that. And then after he gets his retribution, he's going to go on and seek justice for other people. And he's just decided, you know, my role in this world is to prevent bad people from doing bad things. And if I die, I die. But I'm going to take out as many of these fuckers as I can in the process. Yeah, I mean, he can't feel for other people because he doesn't feel for himself. He, like he said, I think he says it on the roof. He's like, uh... I can't remember what he said. Something about like going to hell or whatever. He's like, I'm in hell. Right. This is hell. <laughs> this is hell. This is hell like, for me. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he's he's living life as if he's already dead. And so he lives every day like that. Um, I really thought this might be a little sidebar. I thought it was really interesting whenever he was talking about like being a Marine and coming back from war and, and you know, that moment where he like went – it was it was kind of cool because it, it reminded me of a bunch of those like YouTube videos of the yeah, soldiers yeah, yeah. coming home and seeing their kids. And whenever I'm feeling particularly emotional, I'll watch those and sure. cry like a little bitch. Oh, I mean those those uh, are the so, most so intense. Those are those are incredible videos because you don't think about it and you have to be reminded like these people they're not the only one sacrificing. Their family right. is sacrificing too. And they don't know if mom or dad is going to come home. Yeah. And then you see these videos and just the raw emotion that they feel like they don't give a shit who's watching. All that matters is like my dad's home, my mom's home and I get to see them again. My son's home, my husband's home, my wife's yeah. home, all that stuff. No big, big shout out to the troops because, Oh my gosh, you do things yeah. that, the reason we are able to do dumb podcasts like this <laughs> is because of y'all. And Sorry, so- this is why you fought for our freedom, but but it's happening. So right. thank you for it. And Clayton, you know who yeah, you are. Yeah. 
Um, I know you listen every now and then, bro. We miss you. We would love to hear from you and get an update. Sure. Um, but we're proud of you. We appreciate yep. what you've yep, done, bro. No doubt. Uh, but yeah, no, it just uh, it was it was cool the way he explained it because he was like, it wasn't until that moment, you know, he got home and and he saw his family and he's there that he got tired. He's like he he said he felt tired for the first time, right? Like it all caught up to him and he just had nothing else to give. And what is it that he he kind of mumbles under his breath before he pulls the trigger every time? Daredevil was talking about it. It was something from a book. Yeah. Um, penny and a dime, penny and dime. Yeah, One it's patch, like two patch. Penny yeah, and yeah, dime. penny and a dime. Yeah, and so it's a heartbreaking, and that's one of the reasons that I love John Bernthal's performance of this so well because you can see how heartbroken he was. He's got this really tough veneer and exterior, but when he's talking about his daughter, he's like, "She knew my daughter. She knew she was too old for me to tuck her in." She knew she was too old for me to read her this book, but she begged me. She begged me. Do you know what I said? I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, and that killed him. I'll read it. I'll read it to you tomorrow. And I didn't know that'd be. I wouldn't have another chance to do it. That tomorrow would be the last day I'd see her alive, and the last way I'd see her was while she's dying in my arms. And you're just like, oh my god, oh my. That's it's heartbreaking to think, especially you know I have kids, and I'm like I couldn't. You. You always worry about that kind of stuff, and then you can't like when when I put the boys in bed because they've been bad, and I put them in bed early. I always go in there before, and I'm like, "Hey, I love right. you guys. You know, I'm doing this because this is this is me trying to teach you a lesson, and you know, you did this, and this is why you're being punished." But that doesn't mean that I don't love you. Yeah. I'm also it, really trying to get my rank up in Rocket League, and you guys are driving me crazy, right? <laughs> right? Could you yeah. shut your mouth? All right, I'm trying to play Fallout yeah. Four. I found 300 screws today. Right, right. I got to use them. I got to no. use them. No, oh, but, there's probably so many Fallout Four fans <laughs> laughing about screws, <laughs> but it's just it was heartbreaking, and I felt like his character. And I said it earlier, I felt like his character had such a depth and such so many nuances and it was just a much richer character than I think they gave Daredevil. Because Daredevil's yeah. motivation that we saw in season one, I felt like it was all gone and I felt like he was super preachy and almost whiny sometimes, just like especially when interacting with Foggy and Karen, like, I've got to do this. This is my job. The city needs me. We need you too. And you're going to have to choose between Nelson and Murdoch in this big case that we have. And the DA is trying to railroad us and shut our office down while you're out here trying to save these people in hell's kitchen. We can help them with the law. You're trying to help them with above the law, making yourself the law. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like, and that's that's one thing about his character that seems a little weird to me. Again, I don't know a lot of the backstory of Daredevil. Sure. I didn't read his comic, and so, uh, but the way he he it seems like he does things that are a little little irresponsible sometimes, and he'll put himself into situations that are like foolhardy. It's like why like you could have thought this out and played that card a little better, right? But he goes in just blindly running into action sometimes and blindly. I didn't mean to. Well, <laughs> how, I meant to. How I, on it the was nose was that? And I honestly wouldn't have stopped it. Right. Uh, but no, I just feel like he just kind of goes in sometimes and he's barreling in because he's like, I'm the only one who can stop him. Right. But yeah, no, I, I think. Okay. If, so, go ahead. <laughs> sorry. 
the second half of the season, after the Punisher gets in prison, the the enemy, Electra, comes back, and you find out that they're caught in the middle of this ancient war. I'm sorry, I'm spoiling the second oh, half of the season shit. for you. Um, that, that's it. I'm not watching the show. <laughs> this ancient war between a group called the Hand, the Hand of the bad guys, and they're members of the Chaste, which Stick is a member of the Chaste, Electra right. is a member of the Chaste, and he's so Stick comes back, Electra, and they're trying to recruit Matt back to their cause because the Hand has found the Black Sky, which is their ultimate weapon, and they're going to try and use it and unleash it on New York because. Murdoch thinks that he's driven the Yakuza completely out of New York, but what they what he's really done is taken out all their competition. Him and the Punisher, the Irish are gone, the cartel's gone, the dogs of hell are gone, and Fisk are gone. So th- it's ripe for the taking for yeah. the Yakuza to come in and take over New York without anybody opposing them. Oh, that's really interesting. I see that. That makes sense. I haven't made it that far, but I was thinking, because when you said, like, what do you think of the main like uh like antagonist and i was like i don't know they keep dying <laughs> like every time there's a bad guy it just they just die <laughs> right and so i felt like in season 1 wilson fisk was a terrifying calculating and then when he got in a fight he was violent oh, man. and just just vicious and it's just someone that you wouldn't want to mess with. And in this one, like ninjas that are fighting an ancient war, what is their purpose other than, okay, they want to take over the world and everything, but it just didn't feel as much of a threat. And I don't know if I'm spoiled because, yeah. I mean, it was like a large group instead of one individual. Maybe that's why. I'm I sure I'll so- get there, but, and you don't have to say, but what? Do they have a reason for unleashing this on New York? Like, what's their end game? Well, the end game is. <laughs> The black sky, and that's like the big twist in the show. And so, hashtag spoiler alert: do the fingers. Oh, hashtag close your ears, children. Here it comes. Black sky is actually Electra, and mm. so Stick had taken Electra as a kid away from the hand and tried to get her to be on his side in the chase, so that the black sky could never use her as a weapon. So she's fighting the hand when really the hand just wants her to be their leader and they would willing they would fight and die for her because wow. she is the ultimate living weapon that they have and once they have her the myth- the myth is that they will be unbeatable. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, right? Yeah, that at at that point all of that sounds way too big for this lawyer. <laughs> Right, like, and so Electra and it's like a much bigger story. Like to me, that's some like Marvel Cinematic Universe shit. Right, and so Electra comes back and she tries to convince Matt, like, "I need your help. It'll only be one thing." But he, but she knows that he's going to help her whenever he can, and he throws away the people that he's built relationships with, the people that have been there for him for this bitch that left him when he needed her the most, and he's like, "Oh, I, I, I can't." I have to help Electra because I have to. And he gets sucked back in and I just didn't see it. I felt like Matt and I don't know, maybe I don't have the understanding of what it's like to lose your college girlfriend who just walk out on you. The one person you've ever really loved or whatever. But I just felt like he is smarter than that. And he knows better than to get sucked in her deal. And he has so much in front of him that he should stay and deal with that instead of worrying about that other shit. Again, I feel like he's just a little 
foolish with the way he goes about his decisions. Like he goes in without really understanding any of the consequences, but he just goes for it. And also I feel like maybe there's a weakness on the writer's part. I feel like that's a huge weakness. Yeah. And it shows a lot in his character just by the choices he makes. It's like very simple. Like don't throw away everybody that's been there for you. Right. For this shit. Like, this, this girl, Karen, loves you. Y'all have gone out a couple times. Comes out of times, nowhere. And, and she, then, yeah. She loves you, and you throw away the relationship. And then Foggy has been with you since college. You've lied to him about the fact that you can't really see and who you are, but you did that to protect him. And ho- he, as your friend, will eventually come to understand that if you start fucking telling him the truth right. instead of continuing to lie to him and continuing to let him down. Yeah. And he's taking advantage of the people that he cares about rather than than you know honoring them and respecting them be like you know these people have been with me and stuck with me through thick and thin these are the people that I'm loyal to rather yeah. than being loyal only to yourself and not yeah. giving a shit about what those people think I got a, I got a question shoot <laughs> how, if you were in foggy's situation yeah how would you react if one of your best friends was daredevil a vigilante right. <laughs> fighting crime. What would your general reaction be? I want to hear what you think, and then I'll, I'll say what I think. I, I'd probably be fairly similar. And be like, "What the fuck, dude? You can't even see. Wait, you can see? What? <laughs> Everything's on fire to you? Right? Is ever is our relationship totally built on lies? <laughs> but then every time you see him on the news or you see a dangerous situation, you would I would have been worried, been like, "That's my friend, and he's out there fighting crime, and he could totally be dead." And I'm one phone call away from hearing that my partner is dead. I, I I would probably, realistically in the situation, I'd probably act a totally different way. But thinking about it right now, I'd probably be like, dude, that's fucking badass. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be your sidekick. I'll freaking, I'll have like a police radio here just telling you when shit goes down and right. then right. I'll just video it. And I'll put talk it on, on an earpiece to you every night. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. I'll Peter Parker it and make all the money off of <laughs> taking pictures of you and shit. <laughs> My, my spidey this senses, will be my living. My spidey senses are tingling. Yes. I can pay for your new suits with my picture money. Right. Yeah. No. Well, and then Matt, continually through the season, because Electra even likes to kill people. I mean, doesn't she doesn't kill people out of necessity. She likes to All these it. fucking spoilers. Right. I'm just kidding. She likes to kill people. And then I don't know that the Punisher likes to kill people, but he sees the necessity of it. And I feel like Matt and Daredevil just come off as preachy and come off as holier than thou and I'm better than you because I refuse to kill people and I don't see the reason behind it. And it, it's a question that I struggle with, you know, if I'm facing that situation and it's we'll talk about the Walking Dead real quick. You know, there's characters on there who like all life is precious. I don't want to take life unless I have to. And other people are like, I'll murder the shit out of these guys right. because they're going to take things from me. So I'm posing the question to you. Yeah. What would you do in that situation? If it's, if you had the opportunity to save someone and give them a second chance, even though they've done a ton of bad things in the past and they don't seem like they're, they, they they seem like they're maybe beyond redemption. How would you handle that? Yeah, I don't know. Because 
I mean, there was really good points made on both sides of the argument. I think either way, you're losing something. Okay. So one, you're losing like another piece of your soul every time you end somebody's life. Like, sure, that's, that sticks with you. And yeah. I mean, I think we learned that again going back to The Walking Dead, but with Carol. The way she's dealing with right now in this season, every time she kills somebody, and it's like, it's a big deal to her, and it's starting to weigh on her. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe a switch flipped in the Punisher's mind where, you know, and maybe we can chalk this up, a little bit of training and some PTSD from war, and then also PTSD from having your whole family destroyed. But there's like not, there's something in his mind that is not clicking that these people deserve life or have any point on this earth. And so he's convinced that he's already dead. So he's going to go ahead and end them as well, because he's bad. He should, he knows he should die. That's why he's so fine with it happening. Right. Right. And he knows they should die. And so, yeah, no, I think that in the situation, I, I don't know because I've I've never been a vigilante or right. or gone through something that was so traumatic that I felt like I had nothing left in this world. I think that's why I like his character more though because his character makes me ask a deeper question mm-hmm. of myself than Daredevil's character does. Like, would would I be willing to do this if my family was murdered in front of me? Would I do whatever it takes to exact vengeance, or would I trust and leave it to other people to do right. their jobs? And that's yeah. what they're there for. And then you bring up an interesting point about the PTSD in the trial. They want to use a PTSD defense, and he, the Punisher says he's like, "That is disrespectful and unfair to the people who are actually living with it." Because I'm not living with it. I know what I'm doing. I making the choice to do it and saying that I have PTSD is not fair to the people who are actually having to live with it and deal with it because. Oh, so they make a little statement out for. Oh yeah. The soldiers going through big time. He's like, you know, I'm not having to go through it. They're the ones who are suffering. I'm fine. I'm good. I, I'm just, I I know what I'm doing. So, and which was an interesting like the courtroom scenes were really good because when he took the stand, he was like, you know what motherfuckers <laughs> I'd do it again. I wouldn't change a damn thing. I enjoyed it. I wanted to do it. I'd kill every one of you fuckers if I had the chance because damn. I, yeah, I mean, it was, it was violent and vicious because I'm going to do another spoiler for you. You see, Show's pointless to me now. I know. The be- <laughs> I think the best episode of the whole season is when the Punisher's in prison and Fisk is in prison too. And you see Fisk and the Punisher interact. And you're like, son of a bitch. You can't see my face right now, but it is one of excitement. Because Fisk, Fisk is trying to take over the prison. And there's another guy who's kind of in charge of Kingpin. And I think this yeah. is why he's going to get the name Kingpin. Uh-huh. Because that's who Wilson Fisk is. Right. He uses the Punisher. He's like, this guy who's in charge had a role in the massacre of your family. You need to go kill him. And so he goes and he kills the dude. And then Fisk is like, thank you very much, Frank Castle. 
Um, and now you're going to die. So they don't open the cell block for him. And so he has to go through these inmates with nothing but a shiv. And that fight scene oh God. is unbelievable. Oh God. It's unbelievable. You know, just shivs and brooms and things like that. Damn. Like with these other big dudes that know how to fight. And he's awesome. And then at the end, Fisk and the Punisher kind of fight a little bit. And Fisk makes a point. He's like, Hey, you may have, you may have benefited me from your actions, but and, you know, tide rises all ships. I, I I gave you the opportunity to serve your purpose and fulfill a need that you had, and because it right. helped me, which is cool, I appreciate it. But that doesn't mean that you're helping me; you're yeah. helping yourself, and I'm just a side benefit. Right. And it kind of sets up their relationships to, to where I think if they do a Punisher season on its own, Fisk will be the main wow. villain because the Punisher is like, hey, if we see each other again. Only one of us is leaving. <laughs> and Fisk is like, I'm counting on it in his little Fisk. I've got to go. I'm Fisk Baldway. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Gosh. Fisk no, that's... Fisk showing up in the season made me be like, okay, cool. Now I remember what a villain's supposed to look like because yeah. that is it. That is yeah. it. I would be interesting to hear. I think uh, maybe we should do a Twitter poll um, or just uh, tweet us. And let us know what your favorite fight scene was in Daredevil. Yeah. So. Oh, because that scene and the one with the dogs of hell going down that building oh down the God. stairs. Goodness gracious. That went so long. And I kept expecting it to end, but I was like not hoping it would end. Right, I was right. like, please just keep going forever. It felt like a uh, shit. Um, I think it's called Siege. Uh, maybe. I'm not sure. I might be wrong. Are you talking about the... The foreign film, yeah, yeah, dude. The I know dude, like about. fights all the way up, like he's got to get to like the twentieth floor. And yeah, and he's people. just like going around that yeah. circle, just like. Bah, 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 bah. Just or like even the new Judge Dread, where they have to get to like the thirtieth oh, yeah. floor, and like they start in the bottom, and you're like, shit, yeah. why? Why would you go in that building? Right. That's a bad idea, Judge. <laughs> I prefer the kung fu, though. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, no, but that fight scene in the staircase was freaking brutal right and then with the chain and then just with the pistol taped to his hand yes <laughs> he's just bashing people with that yes. pistol oh my god so awesome. cool yeah he's just grunting too every time he'd hit out a light he's just like Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. so good you know and the, i love when they like they show that they're actually getting tired and like oh gotta take a breath gotta that's take something breath. like they shit gotta so go now much i don't know their fight scenes are so feel so real in like visceral because the way they do their camera movement and just like that follow cam, especially in that, that staircase scene, just like in season one where they were in that building and going through the hallways, right, right. it was that continuous shot. They yeah. did it the same way in that staircase scene. And they went all the way down those stairs following him. And the camera was just like rotating through like the choreography it took for that fight scene alone was just insane. I and, agree with you strongly. Oh, man, it was so brutal. And by the end, yeah, he was just like heaving and like they would come back at him and he would just kind of spring into place. And you have to imagine he was actually tired. Oh, I'm sure he was. That. I yeah. mean, it was just a continuous thing. So he's probably just like, oh, shit, this shot's still going. Right. Yeah, and what uh, if he had to do more than one take? He's like, dude, we got to come back and do this tomorrow. I'm, I'm done. Yes. I'm done. So I'm going to say this when we can wrap up our Daredevil discussion. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed season two. I'm not said that I watched it. 
I felt like it was more of a better introduction for the Punisher than it was a continuation of Daredevil's story. And I would like to see a Daredevil season three focusing on Daredevil and a Punisher season focusing on Punisher. I don't feel like they need, I felt like they tried to compete too much with with each other. And if they were in their own series, it would be awesome for both of them. Yeah. Do they, do you feel like they did? Two superheroes versus each other, each other better than Batman versus Superman. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh oh, I do. Well, I mean, part of that I think is because they had more time to do it. There had already been a Daredevil setup season. It was kind of the genesis story of the Punisher's character. Right. Whereas in Batman versus Superman, if you haven't listened to our Batman versus Superman coverage, go back and listen to episode yep. sixty-one. But. That one, we, I felt like they just moved a lot of pieces in place just to do it. And this one felt much more natural. It felt like it was a progression okay. and a real interaction between the two. And you could experience the nuanced relationship that they had. Yeah. The interaction was more than an eight-minute fight cool. scene. Uh, as the yeah. two characters. Yeah. If you want to see more of two comic book characters going at it, hand-to-hand combat style and also shooting each other in the head. Yeah. Check it out. For sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we're going to talk about a couple other Netflix series that we're just going to touch on them because, you know, we watch a lot of Netflix and we felt like this would be a good opportunity to do it. Right. And the first one that came to mind, I think, for both of us was Making a Murderer. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I binge watched the shit out of that. Dude, that guy had a shitty life. Well, yeah. He and, has a shitty life. And I understand that it's a TV show and that you're maybe not showing all sides, even though I feel like they, they, showed things that were good for the prosecution and for the defense. Sure. But where the, where did that come from? This is a touchy subject, man, because there's been so many, like obviously Reddit posts and different podcasts talking sure. about it. I don't think we should say guilty. Or no. Innocent. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not going to take a stance one way or the other just because, Oh man, the shit show that that could turn into. Yeah. Compelling television though. Dude. Absolutely. The way Netflix is doing their documentaries is blowing my mind. Was that a Netflix original documentary? It was, yes. Yeah. It was. And I mean, and they go all the way from his first trial where he's, you know, accused of the rape and, and then yeah. to the murder trial where he's accused of murder. And you're just like, oh my God. They build on an actual character better than they do most fictional characters where they can just make up a whole story for him. Right, right, right. They like built so much onto this character and made you like really see all the aspects that were happening. And I, I agree that for the most, I mean, it was a documentary on the guy's life and what he's gone through. So right. it's obviously going to be cited a little towards his way. It's going to be angled to make you feel a little more sympathetic to the things that he went through, but he went through some shit, man. Right. And then, I mean, but it makes you question yourself. You're like, I feel bad for this guy who's been convicted of murder and who am I? to say that, oh, the state got it wrong. I mean, there's a lot of shady things and questionable things, yeah. and that's the defense's job is to throw throw light on the things that maybe were done questionably and improper practices from the police and showing bias maybe against a certain individual. But I'm just like, wow, this is really, really interesting. And it, it caught me off guard, like how much I watched the first episode. I was like, oh shit, I want to see what happens. And after the season was over, I'm like, what the fuck? I want to see more. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Why do you think that is, though? Why do you think that that. Man, I think. I think they did what 
what we like to see in shows already. So okay. they they have this character who, lack of a better term, he's a damsel in distress. <laughs> I'm and, sure he would love to hear that. Yeah, yeah. But then they have these badass lawyers come along. Sure. Who are essentially like a superhero and its sidekick just kicking ass and taking names. That and, one guy with the, the glasses and the dark hair? Yeah. I forget his my name. My wife knows all their names. Yeah, she I do like, too. I'm just the short attorney is what I call him. Because right. one's tall, one's short. <laughs> right. He was oh, excellent. killer. And like the things he would say were so like, he he gathered such emotion. It felt like I was watching a movie and there was like, a more dramatic dialogue going on, but he was just that good of a speaker. Yeah. He was like, he could really drive his point home, which man, I don't know how you could be in that courtroom and like not be a little compelled. Even, even if the evidence was right in front of you and, and you saw everything, it's like, damn, that guy can speak. Right. Right. And that's what, I mean, I remember one of the episodes, the guys are like, man, if it was just him as the attorney, this guy would get off Yeah, because he's just that good. I felt bad. I felt emotional. I just had a connection with the guy. Yeah. No, I think some other ways I think it was good is um, I think one, they did a good job, like I said, developing the character from the very beginning to see what they, he had gone through. Um and two, it was entertaining because they weren't scared to show that he wasn't the brightest character. No, and they weren't scared to show that at all. Like They showed a lot of parts of his life where they were like, dude, you really think he's smart enough to do all that? Right. Because well, one of his priors was that he was playing with the cat and threw it on the fire. You know, that's <laughs> not a, it's not a normal... That's Many a, people have encouraged me to do that with my own cat. I'm not well, your cat. <laughs> Cat's a dick. Right, yeah. You should do worse than throw Little it on cave. the fire. I think one of the things that that was compelling about it also is like the serial podcast. I don't know if you've listened to right. serial. I've listened to some. But it's a compelling story where you feel like when they tell it in sections like that, I'm like we're just going to give you part of the information and give you something to talk about and think about, and then you watch the next one and you get a little more information and more information, you feel like you're maybe part of the story and part of the jury, part of the trial, and you're like, you know what, I am qualified to make an, a, a judgment on this, yeah. and I'm qualified to, you know, I'm a lawyer, I'm a member of a jury. Yeah, I'm, yeah I think I did go to law school. I, I don't remember it, right? but, but right. I was there. Which is why I think it's so popular on Reddit, because people are like, you know what, This they should have looked at this. They should have right. looked at Look at this, I've cracked the case. Yeah. You know, and everybody feels, oh, everybody feels <laughs> like a detective... A private investigator, a lawyer, a judge, a jury, and they're like, you know, I can exonerate this guy or I yeah. can convict this guy. And this is what they didn't look at because <laughs> I'm a professional who's been to school for this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's Reddit, though. Red, <laughs> Reddit is what it is. We're not going to talk about Reddit. Right. Because Reddit, if anything is what it is, if there's Reddit, anything on this show that is a constant rant, it's it's Reddit. It's Reddit for sure. But I I don't know. I think that they did they did a really good job and it it showed that we miss the storytelling I think week by week or piece by piece where 
people crave a conclusion. They crave more information and they want to hear and they can handle giving me more, give me more, give me more. And then I'll let me make my own conclusion. And a lot of TV shows kind of force feed you or don't give you the opportunity to think for yourself. And the fact that this show and like uh, even with Daredevil, where you ask a deep philosophical question, like the shows that make you think and are compelling and make you question things, question your worldview, question what you, how you live your life or what you would do in a certain situation, I think are more compelling for people to watch than just this normal reality show crap that right. when you're like, you know, I'm just going to be entertained by stupid people. Well, I think, I think what makes it so successful is things remain open-ended. I think we're in like a phase of life where a lot of people like to theorize about what they believe will happen or should happen. Sure. And so that's why I think, you know, that part of Daredevil was so compelling was because they didn't give a definite answer of who was making the right choice. Was it Daredevil or Punisher? Like who was the most just in the way they were handling it. They left it open-ended. Or, so, or if either one of them were right. Yeah, at all. And so you're you're left there thinking like, oh, what would I choose? Would I choose one of those options? Or do I or do I make the choice to sit on the sidelines and wait for, you know, police to handle it or the justice system to handle it? And then you have to ask the question, is that working? Right. Whenever you look at making a murderer and you're like Damn, is it working? I don't know. Right, because let's not talk about the murder trial. Let's not talk about that. Let's sure. talk about the rape trial. He was innocent, and they proved his innocence. And they even asked questions of people after that. And the, and the new sheriff for Manitowoc was like, well, you know, you say he's innocent. I would have some question about that. But like, what? Motherfucker. There's no question. There's no question. They proved it. <laughs> DNA evidence proved it. So it's the lady a, said she picked the wrong guy. Right. She's <laughs> like, you know, oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> He's just like, and, then, and he forgave her. Like, he wasn't pissed at her. He was like, oh, he that's was like, fine. this wasn't you. No. This was the sheriff's department that was out to get me. And they came and got me because, and the sheriff was super involved in the case and wanted to prove beyond a shadow of doubt and get me and be like, you know, we got you now, fucker. Yeah. There's no way you're getting away. We're going to pin this on you and we're going to do whatever we can. Right. Which, you know, would make you question in the murder trial, like, well, you know, like, well, if they've done it to him once, would they do it again? But we're sure. not going to, yeah, let's not get into that. But the fact that he was, that's one of the most compelling things that he was wrongfully convicted and spent 18 years of his life in prison when he shouldn't have been. Can you imagine that? No. God, that would suck. I mean, and you could tell that so bad. as you watched his beard grow, you're like, this dude has just given up because look at that beard. <laughs> because for some people, sending someone to prison that long, that's like a sentence to death because a lot of people die in prison. Sure. Oh, yeah. I, it's just, it's crazy. It is like, crazy. How willy nilly they all went about it. It was like, oh, yeah, he's the guy. Send him. Yeah. Oh, 18 years. Not my life. Right, and then even other people like, you know, that's not him. That wasn't the guy. You know that's not him. And I don't know. It was just, it was really, that first part made me angry, and then the murder trial was really compelling storytelling, just like Serial Podcast. If you haven't listened to the Serial Podcast, season one is much better than season two, just because I think the story overall is better. And there's too many questions that can be asked that where you feel like you can be, an investigator and ask questions right. about the story. So, of the two, though, yeah, I would say I would say watch Daredevil first. 
I mean, well, it depends on what you're into. If you're a comic book fan, storytelling fan, yes. If you're into documentaries and things like that, you should definitely watch Making a Murderer. I think it's very well done filmmaking documentary-wise. It's very well done and true, I think, to filmmaking techniques. And you won't feel yeah. you won't feel cheated or guided. You'll feel like you can make your own decision. This is this is a little out of the blue. I was thinking of like other podcasts I listen to. I listen to this one podcast called Hunt the Truth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you have I you have, listened? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's fictional and it but it's it takes a little bit from serial and making a murderer, I think. Well, it was before making a murderer, but um I I freaking love it. I'm 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 hoping another season comes out. If if you don't know, it's it's basically covering the lore of Halo and Master Chief. Yeah, and you know, like basically, it was like a setup for Halo Five, which I haven't played the game. I was like, you haven't played any Halo Five? No, I haven't. That's I played. To me. I mean, I was so hardcore Halo One, and we did land parties every weekend, and it was always a thing, but. See, uh, I play a little Halo 2, but, you know, we were like these, you know, Halo hipsters 2. of Halo where we were like, fuck Halo 2. It wasn't that good. I enjoyed you know? Halo 2. Uh, we didn't like it. Okay, but, that's fine. I mean, I go, I mean, I look back at it and I'm like, oh, it wasn't a bad game. I was just being a little bitch. Yeah. But, I mean, I didn't really play any of the other ones. I think I played a little Halo 3, but the I enjoy the lore of that story. I like... That's I think one of the reasons the game's successful is right. because the multiplayer is good and everything, but the story behind it is also good. Yeah. Because you look at multiplayer games, if there's not a great story behind it, they're not always as good as they could be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, the cool thing was is they had as the narrator and also telling the story as the reporter in in Hunt the Truth was Keegan Michael Key from uh Key and Peel. And he was awesome in it. Like I hadn't ever heard him play like a dramatic role, at least in like, you know, in any TV shows or movies. But you know, and this was voice acting, but he he did a really great job, and it was it was really awesome. So, no, that's if you haven't checked that out, you definitely should. That I think there's two seasons right now. So Keegan Michael Key does the first season. I don't know the lady's name who does the second, but it's pretty good too. A lot of really really sweet stuff. What else you've been watching on Netflix? Well, I you know I watched. Uh, there's not a lot of Netflix original programming that I watch. You know, I've I've seen some House of Cards, I've seen some Orange Is the New Black, but none of them have really struck me as like, oh my god, I've got to binge watch the shit out of this. What about you? Do you like cooking? I do like cooking. You should check out check out the Chef's Table. Is that a good show? It's a badass show. Nice. <laughs> it's a badass. It's not that badass, but I mean, it's like they cover like all these different like famous chefs and. Dude, the sit like the cinematography in that show is like breathtaking. Some That's of the awesome. shots that they have is so beautiful. It's like all 4K, like super super high def. That's awesome. Everything you do is really really sweet. Um, I'm finding myself with less and less time to watch TV because of yeah, all the TV we yeah, watch really. for our podcast. <laughs> it's like we have we have a podcast for everything right yeah, now, right? So, which is good. I mean, there's a lot for y'all to check out. There so. are. Well, then what should they check out then? Uh, well, there's, uh, you know, I'm going to start backwards. There's Once Upon a, th- a Time. Their new episodes, I think, have been really, really, really awesome. Yeah. I've, I've missed them. 
Once Upon a Time took a really long hiatus between season A and season B. Which I feel like a lot of people were like, are they ever going to do this show again? Right. And then here it is again. Right, and they've even Which is s- cool. signed up for season six now. Yeah. So. It's, it's our only family-friendly show. Right. And so it's, to me, it would be like the perfect thing if, if you and your family watch that show to like listen to it on the way to... Right. And you if know, anything, work or whatever. Steph's energy about the show is super contagious. <laughs> so, she is so dude, jazzed she loves about that hook, the show. She? Oh man! Oh gosh! She, she loves, loves her some hook. She loves that show and uh, just the Sorry, way Jeff. She, she talks about the show. You're like, yeah, she she digs this show. I think for their relationship's sake, we should cut Josh's hand off and give him a hook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do too. And see, spice and, things and up. Trim the beard down to a goatee. Oh gosh! <laughs> I can't imagine it with a goatee. <laughs> and be a little. It scares me to think of. It does. But that's uh, a. If you want to find the link, um, if you want to look at that show, it's nthcast.com slash once. We'll take you to uh, where you can subscribe and listen yeah. to that show. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, y'all just put out a, another episode of Fear the Nth Cast. We did. Um, this would be uh, Fear the Nth Cast was just the season finale of The Walking Dead. And so some shit has gone down. You should listen to that episode and find out what we think about season six as a whole and episode 16. Wait, say that again. Did you say it was the season finale? Yeah, the season finale has happened right before this episode was released. So this we- episode that we're recording. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, God. Yes. I'm in this time capsule and time isn't working right in my time head. Time isn't working right Damn now. Damn it. So in this part of my life, I'm already dealing with the withdrawals of not getting to watch Walking Dead. Right, yeah. Well, Fear this the Walking Dead is going to start. It's horseshit. It is horseshit. So, um, yeah, season season six has been building towards Negan's reveal, and so we know that's going to happen. Uh, that has happened on the finale. So listen to Fear the Nth Cast yeah, for sure. to see what we think about season six and hear us get hyped up about Fear the Walking Dead, because that's why we started the show in the first place is because we were super excited about Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, and it's coming back. Yeah, we're excited to start talking about Fear the Walking Dude, the, Dead. The again. teasers actually look really good. They really do. And it's just the whole premise behind the show, the fact that we're watching the world collapse and now that they're gonna be on a boat and travel from port to port and I don't know how they're gonna handle that. I don't know. I'm it, excited it has to see. It's me so like I don't know, I'm like twisted in my mind because I don't I don't get one I don't get how the walkers get out to to water. True. Well, I mean, we've seen so, water walkers in season six. Yeah, but do they float? Well, I think, I don't think they can, I think they can swim. They don't need to breathe. Yeah. So, I mean, they could walk on the bottom. They could float on the top. Who knows? Sure. It's, it's no, interesting. It's, to it's really interesting. No, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see how it goes. If down. you want to subscribe to that one, it's nthcast.com slash fear. And you take you straight to the link to where you can subscribe and all that jazz. Yeah. I feel like in Josh's absence, I have to make fun of Dragon Ballers. Why? I don't understand why. I don't understand why. Well, I mean, he's not here. Nobody else is going to do well, it. Well, he just—he's never uh, seen. That. Have you ever seen an episode of Dragon Ball? Dragon how about Ball this, Z Josh? Dragon Ball Super. Fuck Freezer. Freeza. Uh, Freeza. Sorry. Freeza. Freeza. Not Freezer. <laughs> no. Or Frost. Just kidding. No, I mean, if you like anime. Yeah. We we decided to go with Dragon Ball Super because a lot of us are gateway. Show and animate with Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball Super is the direct sequel to Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball GT cool. is no longer canon, so it's, it hasn't been released in America. Yeah, I heard GT's garbage. GT is pure shit. 
all, all right. shit all the time. Um, but you can listen to that one. It's Steven, the Brit, and I uh, do a weekly show where we watch Dragon Ball Super, um, the sub version, because it's not released in English yet, and yeah. give a review and kind of talk about it and really nerd out about anime to the nth degree, you know? No, it's cool. And I mean, even if, I would say, like, even if you're not into anime and you've never really, I guess, felt it or desired it, I don't know, you should probably check out the episode because. Maybe there's something happening in this show that you're like, wow, that happens in anime? That's pretty surprising. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so check yeah. that out. You go Good to- banter, nonetheless. Well, thank you. It's a great you. show. We are quite delightful. Yeah. Um, that's nthcast.com slash dbz. Yeah. Hit us up on Twitter, at uh, nthcast. My personal Twitter, we've already said, is at nthcastmetal. Mine's just at brtjason. Right. And you can send an email to me, um, I'm jd. At nthcast.com? Yeah. And do you have an nthcast email yet? Oh, yeah, I do. It's just uh, jason at nthcast.com. Yeah, please feel free to send us a message. Let us know what we did wrong. Yeah. Why we were, maybe we missed a deep philosophical question that you wanted answered about Daredevil. We are not above making mistakes. And if you if you send us a question, we will totally hit it up and, and ask it and answer it For on sure. the next episode. Yeah, and absolutely, like... Anything on Twitter, um, you know, we would love to just chat about. And also, I mean, so I'm I dabble in streaming. Nthcast has a streaming channel on we Twitch, do. Twitch TV slash Nthcast. You should just check that out. Drop a follow. There's some past broadcasts on there that I've done. I'm gonna be doing some more streaming here in the future. Obviously, Mainly, we're all gonna do some. Streaming yeah, we're too. all gonna stream together. I think uh, here in the future, I'm gonna bring uh, my PC over to the Murder Palace. We're gonna have a gaming night where we stream. We'll tweet that out yeah. and let everybody know it's going down. I'll tweet some Hearth. I mean, I'll twitch some Hearthstone, which oh, I'm gosh. really shitty at. I made it. To- I played the other day and I just destroyed a dude, and I was like, maybe I could play this game did you make your own deck or what did you use a standard i was playing with standard deck yeah i made it to rank 13 so i mean it's not it's not terrible but it's not great that's good you're you're a thinker with those card games i I am i'm realizing that rpgs and card games are kind of my bad yeah 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 oh hell yeah yeah and that you know Uh, we will okay Next thing we stream, well, I can't say that for sure because I'll probably stream some Rocket League or Division, but we're definitely going to stream some Forbidden Desert. Oh, yeah. If you're into that game and you want to see it go down live, we'll, Inthcast crew will tackle it. Uh, we'll start off on Legendary, like a <laughs> couple of plebs. Right, yeah. for sure. Oh, God. Get well, wrecked. Jason, I appreciate you coming and joining me yes. on this episode. Josh will be back soon. Uh, we're... Like I said, with all the other shows that we're doing, we're going to mix up the hosting a little bit on the yeah. show, I think. If you don't see me on Nthcast, you'll probably hear me on Fear the Nthcast. Maybe Dragon Ballers one day. Oh, my God. That would be a good time. <laughs> if I just, You know what you should do is just have me watch one episode, and then I'll try and talk about it with y'all. Okay. Oh, well, that would be a I think show. We'll, I think we'll make you watch a movie oh, that's, that's and talk good. about the movie. Well, anyway, this is JD from the Nthcast reminding you that if you're going to do anything, got to do it to the nth degree.